Yes, let's all save it for the podcast stuff. Uh, have you been recording? No. I always record. I just, always well, record. Talking about Coke and an after, uh, SNL after party. It was like, a bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just like every time I did it, it was a bit. It was, it was a bit I couldn't stop doing just because the bit was just. You do it really fast. Yes, that's true. All right, are we recording now? Mm-hmm. All right, let's. Uh, is this the if thing? This gonna be All that right, here we go. Here Hey, thanks for tuning in to Jonah Radio tonight. Uh, Cash Hartzell is here, our producer. Hey, everybody. Put a, put a puffy on the thingy. I like being naked. But you're going to pop your peas, baby. Oh, that's a good point. I'll switch over to this one. Uh, also, uh, Neil Mahoney's here. Nailed it! Kneeling there we go. That was the most appropriate use of nailed it, meaning yeah. you tried to do something. It didn't work out quite I was scared planned. it was broken for a second. What? I was scared it was broken. Yeah. Uh, you're, are you, how are you feeling? I'm feeling better. I see you got Gatorade. you earning those electrolytes? I am replacing them. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. Neil, Neil got sicky recently. Uh, but uh, to, let's just get to it. Our guest. You might have seen him on Saturday Night Live. Come on. Uh, shut up. Shut up. You've seen his work. You've seen him in Seven Minutes in Heaven. Uh, You've seen him in the title of this episode. Seen the title of this episode. That, that is true. We're doing that now. The fanfare is unwarranted. <laughs> you have also might have been watching his new show, his network sitcom on NBC, AP Bio. Oh. Please, <laughs> everybody welcome Mr. Michael Bryan. Is that how he did it? So I, I just talk over. Let him take it, soak it in. Thanks, everybody. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is kind of how we did it. I mean, I used to see that guy doing his thing, just being wheeled in. In the in the. <laughs> by the time I was there, yeah, kind of. He would fly in from Arizona. We're talking for all you SNL heads out there. We're talking about an elderly guy named uh, Don Pardo. Thank you. Uh, and uh, he, he would. Um, yeah, he he would uh, kind of hang out at the equivalent of craft services, just a sad little like grape tray all day, and <laughs> hunched over. And I was like, oh, I'm such a fan, kind of. I I don't know, I wasn't, but you <laughs> yeah. Know. Well, that was like, is that is that even a job anymore, announcer? Because it used to be like a thing that people would say is like, oh, that guy's an announcer. He goes to a radio and he goes and does stuff like, and he was an announcer. Yeah. That's uh, what he did. He did Jeopardy. He did SNL. And then when SNL used him, it was almost kind of like ironic, right? He was like the senior. They were like, we should bring in a heavy. <laughs> I was, me and my friend were talking about this today, um, that there is no sincerity on TV anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, because and, and the way I would feel it at SNL is we had to write commercial parodies. And by the time I got there in 2009, no commercial 
was serious. Oh, good point. Oh, like number yeah. one it was commercials by that time, were like, yeah. The stuff that like everyone started aping or using the Tim and Eric crew. Uh, like everything became very ironic. Like Skittles commercials kind of started doing. Well, um, even before that, it was all like like the John Reap Chevy commercials and stuff like that. Uh, Got to get a Hemi. Like they all had like reoccurring characters. And yeah. Even like Jack in the Box got relaunched as a like a whole comedy. But that was thing. still even in the nineties. So like you're you're rolling into a place that is like known for some of the best commercial parodies ever. And and you would get like a, a a link to the top ten commercials of two thousand nine or two thousand ten, and you'd watch them and they'd all be like already aware. The most interesting man, Geico, they're all like written by comedy writers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And back in the day, it used to be like a sincere guy, like being like, "I genuinely love Buick," <laughs> and you're like, "We should make fun of this." But like yeah. to make fun of like Geico, you're like, well, they're doing comedy already, you know. Um, well, that's a big part. Everyone always uh, with Mr. Science Theater. Everyone's like, oh, are you gonna like do this movie or that movie? It's like, like, uh, like, and they sometimes say comedies, and you, yeah, you go, like, it's like, well, you can't. They're already hat trying hat, to, dude. yeah, hat in a hat. They're, you're yeah. already trying. They're trying to be funny, and it's like it's Bruce a shitty. Campbell. What's it, what's it called? Um, uh, the, they call me Bruce. What do you know? Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. Yeah. That's like, a great movie. Yeah, I'm saying like you guys can't do that type of camp because that's aware. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's self aware and you know, it's like the uh I'm supposed to go out to Chicago to do uh some stuff at this genre film festival and they're like, Oh, you know, with all this Rosanna stuff we should do She Devil and I said, But that's a comedy and they're like, Yeah, but you can make fun of how it's not funny. I was like, first off, like that's like like in the comedy world, that's like shitty to do. That's like to go like, yeah. it's like, you know, would be funnier yeah. than what you said. You can't do that. You have to kind of sincerity is what you're trying to tag stuff on to make something funny. That wasn't supposed to be funny. That's the joke. Yes. And so you weren't able to do that. Cause it's like, how do you parody an old spice commercial? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the, the guy from old, old spice commercials, I feel like just got the lead in like a comedy movie. Like it, it's, <laughs> it was more about like making up new products and, Nowadays, it's I feel like, like there's a long run of like uh, pre- prescription drug ad parodies. Yes, yeah. are- they're the only ones who can't do comedy, yeah. so we, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we can make fun of them. But then, oh, like, but somebody, somebody's uh, they, they, I feel like Viagra could lean into into it like a comedy commercial. Well, they could, or, where they could like, like I the think old guys, bone. huh? No, there was like an off-brand Viagra. <laughs> yeah, that was doing like, is it was it called Boing? No, it was like just some guy that had this giant permanent smile on his face all the time. Yeah, they do stuff yes, like that. All right. Damn. Yeah. There's but how, how even do we, they are having fun. How did we get here? Because you were talking about Don Pardo? <laughs> yeah. Um, Lack of sincerity. In yeah. Just, just that like there is no um, sincere thing. I, I think that's where my brain was going. That like he was like a kind of a genuine announcer yes. that they brought on. Yeah. And even Daryl Hammond doing that job is obviously aware of like being like kind of fake, uh, genuine announcer, and and there are no you you said oh that was it you said are there anyone is there anyone who is like that I come in and I have a great deep voice it's like those guys are using their voice ironically they use their voice to do commercials yeah to go like fart too much or whatever like yeah, uh, yeah. well isn't that is well, uh, isn't the that the movie- whole idea of uh, like toast of London. Yeah, like, isn't that yeah. like it's like this guy that has this like you know Matt Barry has a grizzly voice and he's coming in to go like well you know just doing ADR and commercials yeah and that stuff like 
It's, I just want to talk about it. stuff that I know about, and I don't know. Do about you not? That. Do you not know about Toast of London or Matt Berry, or did you watch uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? Or you, you even said the last thing so fast <laughs> that it was like to shame me, to make me feel dumb. Garth, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Do you, know, um, do you know that show? Or have you, have you heard of it? I know pretty well. I mean, I know, like, I haven't seen the last one. Of, no, I don't know any of the, I can tell. What, um, it's okay. I, just I, thought, I texted I, you, do I need to know anything? And you said, no, it's a hang. It is and a hang. right away. This is what happens in hangs. He, I, he, he is, he is my inquis- <laughs> inquisitive. He, he I mean, will... but, I'm, but I'm on, like, over a decade of going, like, you don't know... <laughs> This yeah, thing. yeah well, you worked in a record and video store. Yeah, it, it comes. It's it just, that's what that's what comes out naturally. But now it's like I even got made fun of. Like uh, when we were shooting MST, uh, I got made 3, fun 000. of where I was showing somebody something, and then Elliot uh, Kalen goes, "It's like, uh, oh, Jonas showing some someone something on his phone. It's either a clip from Detroiters or <laughs> or, or Pompadou." <laughs> I don't know what Pompadou is. It's a, a still frame from the French modern art gallery, yeah. Pompadou. Uh, Pompadou is a show with oh, Matt fuck. Lucas. I didn't oh. even know that one. I thought I knew that one. I mean, it is also a museum, but yes. not when you... All right. Pompadou is this show. I, you I said get, the old dorky on, version. It's on Netflix the... right now, but it's Matt Lucas from uh, Little Britain, and he shows up in a ton of stuff. Uh, but he, um, it's, it's a show that's completely in gibberish. It's all like high, like it's all like basically kind of Mr. Bean, but everybody talks like it's like, it's all that stuff. (laughs) And I think it's for kids, but there's a puppet dog. In it, and it looks like it's you made it's out of nightmares. But there's a puppet dog. No, but it's like it's so scary. Oh, it's a very frightening thing. That sounds it's infuriating. I'm sorry. I just thought like you liked comedy and stuff that was no, good. No, no, nothing like, like that. I'm, it, what you just described sounds like allergic to life. Have you <laughs> have you seen that? No. It's all the whole show is um, like it's not it's animated, but it looks like it would be backlit. Everything is kind of in silhouette, and everyone. It's every word is said in reverse order, so it's not that it's gibberish. It's that you have to write it all down, and then you get the jokes backwards later. Jesus. Yeah. No, that's not a real thing. I don't know any of these shows. <laughs> <laughs> Your show sounds sucky. <laughs> I don't like Pompadour. I think it's a terrible show. I'm confused by it, but Garth Marenghi's Dark Place and Toast of London, these are good shows. Uh, yeah. You got to check out. My fake one. <laughs> <laughs> AP Bio on NBC. I'm sorry. They're not the broad comedy that you're used to delivering to I the masses. I do network. Yeah. <laughs> I got an episode title. No, we, oh, the no. episode titles are now the names of the guests we have. Oh, yeah. That's the difference. That's the big Max Fun difference. Uh, that was my idea. That was Neil's idea. Yes, I. I didn't say it wasn't any. I didn't say it was or wasn't anyone's idea. So that's the difference. That's the big well, Max Fun. Difference. I'm the one that made it. Who difference. cares? It's not a good idea. <laughs> it's a pretty good idea. You guys have all met. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. You seem like you know each other. Yeah. No, we uh, are as funny as doing Kumail. too good. Um, so we're gonna take a break and play a song by a Smith song by. Uh, this guy out of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, uh, where the Hershey factory is. It's near yes, Hershey, yes. Pennsylvania. It's, I heard it smells like chocolate when you're near it. Yeah. Yeah. Harris, Harrisburg is not a great place. I've I been there. In there. Yeah, I flew in there. You could smell chocolate from the airport. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and also uh, near Three Mile Island. Mm. Oh, yeah. that's radioactive bad... chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is uh, the band's called Bluffs. This is the song Stupid Town. Yeah. 
Stupid Town, oh. uh, and it's uh, uh, the album, I Don't Have a Chip on My Shoulder, It's a Whole Sack of Potatoes. <laughs> That's it's fun. It's a good title. My first live concert was The Dead Milkmen. Oh, That's a wow. good first concert. Yeah. They and just I, played here. They, they did. just played here? Yeah. Like two weeks ago. Holy cow. Yeah, I assumed they them, were all dead. No, no, no. <laughs> they're, they're a lot of fun it's to right see. I saw day. them in Fart Barf at the Troubadour uh, like a couple years ago. What's fun about now is that during um, Bitch and Camaro, yeah. the conversation they have is just like their opportunity to complain about like uh, like all the political stuff they don't like. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's like... Uh, Hey man, I was checking out the news. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It turns out this guy's not very good. Wow, man. Uh, wow. But like, so like, what year was this? And was this in Detroit? Uh, yeah, I went to a show in a. Um, How old were you? I was probably fifteen, and it was like at the on on top of a parking garage, and then blank, blanking on what that venue is. It was an actual venue. Our friends like. Tim Robinson, people would know. Yeah, it was like they had shows all the time, but it was the top of a parking garage. Wait, so you've known Tim Robinson since your uh, high school? No, no, um, since my 20s. Okay. But, um, but we then went back and we're like, oh, we were at all the same shows at St. Andrew's <laughs> Hall and, and places like that in Detroit. And I can't think of the name of this one, but something about like having like being serious about your music but making sure your like album name or something has like a hard joke in it like that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah remind me of that yeah but yeah what were what, can i ask what your guys first shows were unless you overcovered it no, on no the I, I, not for a while uh, uh mine was uh metallica really yeah uh but it, I, load load reload black album <laughs> oh yeah yeah thank you og shit yeah yeah it was uh, it was black album but it could have easily had been um uh, MC Hammer. 
if like we had gotten tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Your best effort was for yeah. Hammer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, uh, it's like, but it was on a Friday, so we couldn't get there in time to get tickets. Then like the next big concert that came through town was Metallica. We were also huge fans of Metallica. So, but that was on Saturday. So we would get there early, wait in line for tickets, which is what uh, Nine Inch Nails made everybody do recently. Oh, yeah. They made everyone like Just go and camp buy, out. Yeah, and wait in line for tickets. People literally used to get tents and stuff. Yeah, for yeah. like yeah. yeah. Now you only see that outside of Hall H. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. That's a Comic-Con. San Diego Comic Con. Oh, joke. <laughs> oh, I had nice. drinks at at dinner. Uh, the what was yours, Cash? It was uh, Eric Clapton. Ooh, yeah. Whoa. That sounds like your parents took you somewhere. Yeah, sound uh, does sound like a choice. Okay, then we gotta go. Well, grateful. I, grateful Dead was, I think, was actually my first one. But yeah, uh, I, here's the thing about Clapton, where they call him Slowhand. They do which call is, him Slowhand. It's like it's like the it's like the birth of the ja- like the dad joke, where it's like it's like he plays so fast. Let's call him Slowhand. Oh yeah. Well, he always kind of looks Slim. like a dad yeah. too. He always did. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, is that the rationale behind that nickname? Right, Slow isn't hand? it? No, it was. Yeah, it was supposed oh. to be an ironic thing. I was really into Eric Clapton at the time. I don't. I don't know if though I told you that. I don't really know much of his. Like I know Cream. Yeah, yeah. He was in the Birds. Uh, no, he was in yeah. the Yardbirds. The Yardbirds. That's yeah. what I meant. Which also had like uh, Jimmy Page and all those dudes in it. Yeah, Derek, it was like a super group. Yeah. Derek and the Dominoes, another super yes. group. Yeah. Um, I, I feel I, I always have liked George Harrison. Yeah, and I've for some reason. Wanted him to be less chill about Clapton kind of stealing his Steal gal. His wife. But, was... but as we get older, maybe you're like, oh, everyone dies, and like maybe George had it figured out. I watched a yeah. George Harrison documentary yesterday, and the really long one, the um, Living in the Material World. I don't remember what it's called, but apparently George was doing a lot of fucking himself. <laughs> what he was doing a lot of fucking himself. Yeah, yeah he was probably doing okay. Yeah, yeah. there was, um... <laughs> but like he was on Raya. Yeah, like he. <laughs> There was a story, uh, like that's what they based Raya on. Was like, imagine if George's the Beatles phone. wanted to fuck. Where would they go in this modern age? A guy from um, a guy from uh, Wall of Voodoo used to come to the record store I worked at, and always kind of just like hang out and tell stories. And he said once he was at uh, like just some party in the Hollywood Hills, and he said like George Harrison were there, just kind of walking around, like playing the ukulele, just kind of chilling out. Smoking some weed, going around talking to people, like kind of just strumming the ukulele, and then like uh, he went up to some girl. He's like, and he goes, "Hey, love, fancy a blowjob?" And she goes, "Of course." <laughs> <laughs> and then they just walk away. It certainly sounds like she's gonna get one. <laughs> <laughs> nice of you to offer. Yeah, yeah. Neil. I th- I think I went to a like a punk show at like a you know like a whatever those. That's all. VFW Hall? Yeah. And I think Gang Green played. Wow. I think. Because I think they're from Cape Cod. Okay. But that could be just me faking memories. Yeah. It could have been just a bunch of local punk bands that were shit. Yeah. So, like, it's, uh, but like a punk show was your essentially, it did like local punk bands open up for the Dead Milk Yeah. And- it was someone, I can't remember. I was trying to remember their name the other day and they like threw cereal on the crowd. They were like trying too hard punk, <laughs> punk bands. And um, sound like Proud Boys. Like uh, <laughs> concerts, like three through twenty were all punk shows. Concert two was uh, U two uh, Zoo TV tour at um, the 
um, Silver Dome. No, it was it was the basketball round uh, before that. Oh, what's it the, called? The Palace. Yeah. Um, and Pixies opened. Oh, oh and wow. it was the best. They and and the people I was getting a ride an hour and a half away uh, to it were all fired up about you two and not as fired up about and it was Tromplemon tour. Oh and shit. It was just the fucking best. And we got there halfway through the Pixie set. Oh. And 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 the place was like empty. We were like way nosebleeds of uh the palace and um but we we got in our seats and they all like talked loudly to each other and I, I saw like six songs by the shit. original tour. And that was awesome. And I also was very excited about U2, which I've fully faded on. I have some childhood nostalgia about them, but I'm like a fan of like 18 songs out of their 5,000. And the yeah. Pixies have only continued to go up. They were like my number one band at the time, and I, I now have even more love of them. But yeah, so so even that dorky one had like a accidentally cool factor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think my second one was Ted Nugent. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You, you got it. You're not like a snob at the like. No. You're going to. No, you're just going. It's like the idea of live music yeah. is just so exciting. Yeah. And it was theater in the round. It was at this place called the Melody Tent. Oh, crazy! <laughs> so Nugent's always it's, loved it, theater it's like, in the round. It's like, yeah. it's like a circus tent, <laughs> and then there's seats all the way around, and the stage rotates. Wow! And uh, there was so much promotion for his like hunting gear going on in, oh, like, the, in, the, in the whatever it's called, the concourse. Like it was just like every fifteen feet, there was a guy handing out flyers for like. Do you remember his reality? Sh- do you remember his reality show? No. He had like a yeah. reality show. It was like, could you survive a, like a week with the Nuge kind of thing? And it was like um, I watched like a few episodes of it once. It was on VH1, and I remember like um, it's like there was all these people, tr- and I don't know what the prize was to like really survive the Nuge. But I remember I always think about this. It was a guy, and they everyone's talking about like what they want to be or what they want to do. And I don't really remember anyone else except for this one guy going like, it's like, I'm going to be a famous actor. I'm going to be like a big time actor. This is what I'm doing. It's like, you know, like I wouldn't normally do like a show like this, but like, it's like, I'm just trying to get my name out there. And, and then he takes off his shirt and he shows a tattoo he got on his back. He's like, I got this tattoo to remind myself, uh, which is weird that he put it on his back, like yeah. across his shoulders, from right. shoulder to shoulder on his back. He's like, I got this to remind myself to always push myself. And it was a tattoo uh, that said Hollywood, but it was the Hollywood sign along with like the top of the Hollywood Hills <laughs> <laughs> all the way across his back. He's like, so like every time I houses. see my tattoo, I go, I go, I, I go like, that's where I'm destined to be Hollywood. I always think about it, it's like, this guy really thinks he's going to be getting like an Academy Award and then he's going to tear, his, tear his shirt up on stage. <laughs> and go, This is what it's all about. Somebody, somebody just need to walk up to him and like that too, tattoo means you're staring into the Valley for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm all about subdivisions from the 30s. <laughs> I'm all Hollywood about a real land. estate developer trying to brand his area. I feel like that that's what American Idol first couple episodes are like and I'm a fan. Not, you watch it? I I I I did a, a little bit this season. Um I I take 10 year breaks, but I generally, yeah, yeah. I like my mom it. was staying with us this last season. So I like, she would, she was like, I'm going to watch, I got to watch idol. Yeah. And so I watched some of it. And, and like, it's like when I go to see it, like a, like a hockey event with like Neil or our friend Dave clock, where it's like, 
like it's like they just start going, oh, this guy does this, and this is what happened with them, and last time at the last game, and I go, oh my god, this is the most fascinating thing I've ever seen. My mom does the same thing. It's like, she she knows the ins and outs. Yeah, yeah, no, it always loses me. It, it um, but I liked this season. It seemed like they were all nice, and I kind of liked that. I used to not love, uh, you know, you're fascinated by the train wrecks, but I didn't love the like meditating on them. And this season, it seemed like they didn't really do that with the early rounds. But um, one thing they were doing that really made me laugh was always like a backstory that felt like that. It was like, it's so funny that, you know, like I'm getting this far into Idol because when I was little, I actually kind of wanted to be like a huge music star. Like here's (laughs) even proof of it when I was nine and, and they're all going like, you know, Seacrest or whatever is like, this is an actual thing you wrote when you were nine. I want to be huge star or whatever. (laughs) You're like, this is different than if someone was like, I've wanted to like be like a marine biologist since I was little. And then you actually become one. Like everyone when they're eight is like baseball star or or maybe pop star. Deciding between the, yeah. Astronaut. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff is always so like, it's like anytime it's like, when someone like especially like when you get into the business and you start kind of succeeding I was like did you always want to do this yeah fuck yeah of course like I wanted to do everything I was a child this is really hard nobody does this by accident (laughs) did you always want this no I didn't think about it until I was 22 and bored by the way for a month I wanted to like cut hair and there was also like a week where I thought I'd make leather jackets like <laughs> don't go by what yeah. I wanted to do when I was 10 yeah exactly like nowadays it's like it's like I think about like that's why I tell people like it's like I just want to be like a bartender or start like a coffee shop so like in 20 years people was like did you always want to do this I was like yes I've always, <laughs> I've always wanted to just be a bartender in the Midwest yeah daytime bartender so then when my shift ends sit on the other side of the bar and then I have a good it's time it's nice and also I think daytime at a bar is a not depressing place at all not for the bartender <laughs> no you're listening to tunes you're, ch- you're hanging my brother you're tended. cutting citrus but yeah, you're you're getting things ready for when it gets busy yeah. with, which and then is right, like, right when it does you have to go. You home. head out. You, you don't go yeah. home. You go on the other side. You get you, your bar. You've served like three dying men for eight hours. <laughs> this, <laughs> this was my life for two years. I did that. For, I was a daytime bartender. Would they hang out before? My brother was as well, and they would hang out before the like nine a.m. open. Ooh. The oh, same I'm, like three dying, fucking. I got a lot of like the the drunk of the office who goes to lunch by himself. And has like four drinks. There were like seven of those, all from different offices. Wow. And they didn't talk to anybody. Um, They're like it, doubles and keep them coming real quick. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I'm yeah. here for 20 minutes. Yeah. And, I, I had and a guy who sat, sat down who got a double. And then right when he was done, he'd hit me again. And I'd, have, I'd give him a double and he'd pay for everything and walk out. Damn. Uh, no, never, no food? And that man's name was Neil Mahoney. No. <laughs> No, he would eat occasionally, but but when it was in a rush, it was the double and then the double again. Yikes! Oof. I'm one of those guys who's never had a drink, never will. Would you just <laughs> please don't <laughs> please, Jonah? Oh, okay, I, I, I we're gonna cut. We'll stop for a song. <laughs> this is a, a song uh, called "Freddy" by Wet Noise. <laughs>
ends meet in a hip town, the kind with great coffee, lots of dog parks, you're gonna need a side hustle. In Brooklyn, maybe you drive rideshare. In Fairhaven, it's more like... Well, it's more like slaying psychic beasts with your custom-balanced throwing knives. Hey, are you from Hunter? Uh, I guess so. Hold on, I have to ask you some stuff. Are you hurt? No. Do you feel yourself developing strange powers? I mean, I saw a ghost once. Okay, I'm gonna put down no. Okay. So, you're having some sort of monster issue. Oh, um, it's like a pod, I guess? Um, here it is. Is, is that what you call it? Like, like a pod? Yeah, pod works. Oh, it's opening! Morgan leaps back and positions the metal spear she's been carrying on her back. She points it towards the bug, which swipes the spear away just as an electrical bolt fires from the tip. It hits the gate to a petting zoo, and a bunch of baby goats come streaming out. Can we just take a moment to appreciate how cute this is? It's great. I hope someone's filming it. Oh my god. I just love baby goats. <laughs> Bubble, the sci-fi comedy from MaximumFun.org. Just open your podcast app and search for Bubble. by Wet Noise out of Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, we, if you're just tuning in now mm-hmm. to the podcast, we Happens have uh, a lot Mike podcast. O'Brien. Yeah, a lot of people just kind of, they just they want to just leave it running. They'll walk in and out. It's like playing track number seven when you buy an album. You're like, that's where the single is. What's up? Track number seven is a single? I've always heard, uh, it was seven and 13, right? Is this, that it? This, back when they songs were all like three minutes, it was track number Track number seven because it was the first one Beginning on the second side. side. Two. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the, supposedly that was the thing. Later, is you're supposed to put your single at number seven and uh, then build the build the album around it. I remember uh, I was I think I saw the Melvins once and some guy like it's like uh, play ch- like track two side two from like, <laughs> an album. Like, yeah, like uh, they're like what? And like he's just like I can't remember. The I don't name know of the, the song. name. Don't grill me. Yeah. Just play it. <laughs> Um, but uh, tell us about tell us about um, you're yelling at your penis. Just a pro. Yeah, just really. <laughs> you're doing... making the beer better than your face. I've <laughs> stopped caring. Yay! No, this is like the third or fourth anniversary of you doing that. That's a good point. Um, so <laughs> when I first became aware of you, Michael O'Brien, uh, it was the Seven Minutes in Heaven. Uh, web series, yeah, which was from Broadway Video. It was like an offshoot. You were writing at SNL at the time, yeah, and then you were uh, given this like web show. And I remember being 
uh, incredibly jealous and then enjoying it so much that the jealousy uh, took a back seat to my enjoyment of the of the series. Thanks, man. What I'm trying to say is <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that was, um, after, you know, I was, I was performing, um, eight shows a week in Chicago at second city. And even before I got on the stage there, I was doing probably that many at like IO and places. And all of a sudden it it cuts to zero performing because you're just writing on a show, just right on the show. And which is, you're obviously, it's a real job for the first time in your life. And you're honored and you know Kristen Wiig is saying some of your jokes at, at least at the table and then <laughs> <laughs> she has to legally Who's, say these who, words who else came in uh the year you started oh god it was a humongous amazing group it was a big who shift all got fired well <laughs> uh honestly like i was in a group of um I think maybe seven writers or eight writers and two actors who then were down to two or three within a year or so. Fuck. And certainly not by merit. Cause listen to some of these names like Hannibal Burris, Jillian Bell. Um, wow. these were on the writing side. Um, Jesse Klein, um, Ryan Perez. Jesus. Um, it was, it was like, that was also Heather Ann Campbell's year too, right? Was she that year? The next one? Yeah. I thought she was the same year as Ryan Perez, but. That might be right. Yeah. I thought she Blown was. Blown away the that next Ryan one, Perez. But within that two years, it was like so many people I like love. And then, yeah, Jenny Slate. Um, That's right. All, we all came in in a big wave and they said, keep on moving right out. <laughs> and uh, Tide comes in. And Tide they, goes out. Tide, Tide comes in, Tide goes out. And. Um, I, I'm happy that they were wrong about all them. Like almost all those people, like have been fucking killing it. And along with uh, like Michaela, who was like, oh, right before I arrived, and all these people. Um, there's so many good unused people from right around that era. Maybe every era, but that seemed especially intensely yeah. like we're gonna hire a huge wave and let them go because I don't know what to do with these people. Jillian Bell, Hannibal Burris, and Jenny Slade. Are you? <laughs> fucking kidding me that's insane like just hang out for a minute yeah let him get (laughs) acclimated yeah yeah but like didn't hannibal just get transferred over to 30 rock he did and and frankly i feel like he was the one who was even at that time everyone was he was like kind of uh blowing up for lack of a yeah i remember even when he got when when he got a writing job on snl i was like i was like that seems weird yeah like it seemed like he would he was already past it at that point yeah he seemed to me, like he on his breaks, he I was like, he's like, what you do? I was like, I kind of caught up on like you know sleep, and I went for one jog, and he's like, I did like five shows in Seattle and three in Portland, and then had to hustle back here. Jeez. And I'm like, uh, yeah, he was uh, he was already <laughs> doing it. Uh, but anyway, that after a year of no performing, I like um, was talking to a writer friend there, Rob Klein, and I was like. Um, is there something we should try to do this summer that's like involves? And I, I pitched a bunch of different video ideas to him and stuff. And one of them was like, I interview people in a closet and try to kiss him like the junior high game, seven minutes in heaven. And he was like, I think that's definitely the cheapest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what year, what year was that? Um, that would have been summer of 2010. 
Oh shit! Really? Yeah. God damn. And we did a lot of them that summer, and then um, uh, trickled down throughout time. Um, dying here in L.A. Um, with Kathy Griffin before she was shamed. Yeah, that was one of my last. Will Ferrell, Sir Silverman. Those were like my last three or four. Tina Fey one I remember liking a lot. Amy Poehler one was very funny. Yeah, and and I get the jealousy. Like I was in over my head. I was like, they they were all kind of just like, yeah. It, it was always when, if anyone's ever had anything new come out, and they just agree to do everything. I felt yeah. like I would get lumped in. They were always like racing over from some XM serious whatever thing and. They were like, and what's this one? And um, although they usually at least knew the premise, Insane Clown Posse didn't even know. Like that, they were the only ones that once it was actually up and running and online, that didn't check it out and didn't know there was like a kiss at the end. Uh, and I realized that halfway through, and I was getting very nervous because I was like, they're not going to want to kiss me. I think at least Shaggy has done time. You Shaggy know, too dope. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Mister Too Dope. Yeah, and uh, but did you like? I don't think I saw that episode. Did you like, like say like, hey Detroit, like did you rock Detroit to him? I didn't because people who are from real Detroit don't want to hear from a guy who's from Fair Bliss- Oaks. <laughs> I'm from Blissfield, Michigan, which is full farm. So even like we're not fancy suburbs. We're just we're an hour and a half away, and there's farms around. Is we're- that what you call it, full farms? It was, is that like a term that's used? It's brand new. I'm just oh, okay. saying. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying like beyond suburb. Like I'm not like. The like rich kids from Rochester Hills or something where where we were just we're not Detroit at all. Yeah, I just say that when I'm in L.A. or something that I'm closer. I grew up closer to there than L.A. But um, but yeah, Shags and uh, VJ were like um, <laughs> fully not going to be having it. And uh, but I planted a nice soft wet kiss right under Violent J's left ear. And he was like, ooh, ooh. And then I kind of went for Shaggy, and he was like, this isn't going to happen for sure. <laughs> and I was like, thank you guys so much for coming. Yeah. yeah. That's gonna be it. yeah. <laughs> but they you... seem like, I met them once because they were doing something at G4. And uh, is that the, the G4 network like where like attack of the show? Oh. And yeah, no, that was uh, that's how Trump wants the G. It, it's before you get to the G7, you have to go through the yeah, G4, there was many which is levels. like you and yeah, <laughs> but G4, which was had like attack of the show and yes, um, all that stuff. But like they were doing some bit because like the guy who re- like one of the guys who helped run the uh, like web stuff was like a juggalo, he was from Detroit and he was like this like black nerdy kid and like he i was like he would wear like a juggler shirt i'd be like that you're that you're wearing that ironically he's like, no yeah. i was a nerdy black kid i didn't get along with like the like hardcore hip-hop guys i didn't like i didn't get along with like all the like grunge kids white kids like and so there was just where the weirdos went in detroit were like the juggalos if you didn't fit in anywhere you would go there <laughs> it was a catch-all for that yeah and so it says like and then like when they started doing the early you know, gathering. It's like, it just became a thing. You'd see people and you got to know them and it was just very fun. And he's like, and there was like the weirdo people that kind of took it too far and with the drugs. But he's like, but there was like a huge contingency of like people that just wanted to get together and have fun and not be picked on. I mean, it's like a confusing world because it is a mixture of people chanting family, which is because their own uh, biological families 
are rough or their upbringing is rough and they've found family here. And then, like, the rap is, like, horrorcore or whatever. So it's like, yeah, it's we're like, going to rip your eyes out. And what? And it's you're kids like, that got into, it's just, like, hip-hop for, like, it's like if kids got into the Melvins. Or, no, sorry, the Misfits. Yeah. Or any of that stuff. Or it's, it's like, it's like there's, or Kiss, even before that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a whole thing to it. Like, it looks neat. It's, you know, it, yeah. they, they're talking about stuff that you also like. It's like, you know, Misfits were talking about horror movies and sci-fi movies. And it's like, if you kind of like hard rock and roll music and you like that stuff, you're, of course you're going to get really into it. Yeah. But it's, uh, but it's so, it's like, I, I try not to make fun of it because it's like, I know how silly, I know that like, you know, when I was going to punk shows, I wasn't like a, like a mohawk, but like, it's like, I looked like a, a kid. I looked like everybody else. Well, I mean, their rap is bad. And I feel, <laughs> I feel like uh, the Misfits, I'll still listen to yeah. some of them. Like the, it's good chord progressions and dancings like on key or whatever like yeah. like in the end that's what's really crazy about it is is you're like at the core of it you don't have it's normally like quality product of some kind film yeah. music theater of some kind and then a culture grows around it and this one is built all on the spices not the meat <laughs> yeah <laughs> very very rickety foundation yeah but yeah. you, it's like this is what's like really rad, and I, I messaged this to you a while back, where it's like your show AP Bio, which is on NBC, um, and you got Patton Oswalt in it, and like a lot of like great, great like Mystery Science Theater three thousands. Patton Oswalt, Patton Oswalt, yes, uh, as as <laughs> my fans will know him by, but uh, <laughs> but he, um, but like you have a, a Ramon song mm-hmm. to like. That's the theme song is a remote song. And that's, it's like really, I've never heard that. That was a big thing. Um, and I'll be honest. I don't know if we would have had it if it wasn't for Fred Armisen oh. helping. He's like friends with um, them. And uh, I forget. There's only one left. I think it's right. Tommy. No, is not. it jo- Johnny? No, no, no Johnny's dead. Fred, Fred's friends with the estate. Oh, the estate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's friends with the lawyers. Um, <laughs> It's um, the wife of... Yes. Johnny's wife, right? Johnny, yeah. I believe, um, is um, friends with Fred. And I, I, I mean, that just helped push it. He emailed them and was like, "This, it's going to be an NBC sitcom emailing you or contacting you through their team or whatever. But these are friends and they're going to make this show that's going to have... And we tried to have it all be early 80s punk um, or I did. Uh, no one else cared. <laughs> so, well, that's the thing. When you're making a show, you're like, you're like, we got a song from this person. Everyone's right. like, uh, okay. And yeah. You're like, but isn't that cool? Like, if you were a kid watching this, wouldn't you be like, that's cool? And they're like, I don't, I don't care. I know, <laughs> I know. It's on in the background for a little bit. I don't, I don't know. You, the final cut always has like ten seconds of the song, but by the end i mean and each one was a negotiation but we got um the clash for the final moment of the whole season that that like these groups and their current representative don't hand them out for you know it's yeah it's, like a, yeah. Uh, it's a okay amount of money but they a lot of them don't need it and they're like what what for a sitcom and um so especially once we had like the ramones um we were like using that and trying to get. So we got uh, the biggest one was shellac. Yeah, that's no the way. thing. And, in the finale. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. And you, you like posted like you're like it's like 
shellac has never been used yeah. in a TV show. And I don't even think a movie, right? Yeah. I that As far as I know, we were... And was that a Chicago connection through like Second City people? Yeah. Because it's... Uh, it's um, well, I know like a lot of the UCB people know Albini. Yes. But also, um, it's like, isn't... His wife is Heather Winna. Yes. They're both good friends because of Second City World. Yeah. She... she has been a manager at Second City in Chicago forever. And so I was doing a charity with her and Steve um, since like 2001. Um, and that obviously helped with that. Um, what song? Um, uh, End of Radio. Okay. Um, it's in, it's actually in, um, no, it is the finale. And it, it works so well for what it is. It's like this like slow pulsing. Um, guitar track and then as the lead guy gets some bad news and then it cuts out and goes to the other story for a minute and the other story has spoiler alert a bucket of blood uh carry style dumped on these jerk uh, bully (laughs) kids and when so the music's been out for like 30 seconds and when the bucket of blood finally turns over and dumps on them it kicks into the um like point in the song where end of radio kicks in mm-hmm. and it's just it is one of my happiest things that ever happened almost never no one's commented on it <laughs> yeah like, uh, i comment i like it i like, know and I, I was just like god damn we got shellac in the nbc <laughs> like, this is like superstore and then uh will and grace and in the middle shellac yeah fucking pounds as blood is poured on this uh mean bully guy and girl and um yeah so there's a bunch of bands like that pixies and and all these are yeah. all over it but but shellac but that's the one like that, that like, was a good that felt good that's a good pull yeah that's so fucking rad it's i like that stuff is always so fun to do when you're making something to like it's like you know we're hitting america we use a ton of like it's just stuff from sub pop and hardly art and like they like you know worked and helped to get us stuff that we really wanted and and also just asking friends and like it's it's one of those things where like uh you know not i don't i don't know how many people saw hidden america or any of that stuff but it is every once in a while i get like tweets or messages being like it's like hey there's a song i need to know whose song this is yeah like it's like i like it and that's exciting to kind of do that thing where you yeah yeah and and they have such strong emotional connections for us and frankly, like you're picking a Pixie song that you connect with emotionally more than the other hundred Pixie songs. Yeah, yeah. So even someone who knows no Pixies, you hope, along with the images and the story that's going, you hope that that will have some kind of like, what the hell is this band? Yeah. yeah. To like a current 20 year old. Like, that's well, even like it's a, so Handsome Family was like a band I'd always heard about. And I think heard songs here and there, and but never really like thought about it. And then when uh, True Detective season one used the you know that song for their opening theme song, I was like, "This is a great song," but yeah. also like visceral, like the, the yes. images. And then like I went back and I like got a couple albums, and I was just like, "Oh!" And that's like the fun part of that yes. that shit. Um, I've always it's like it's something that I don't think it ever. It's a song that I don't think it ever like. It, it has to be a credit song. And it would never be good for a movie, I don't think, but for a TV show. And 
like I think a prayer to God by Shellac would be like, yes. where it's like, where it's like the guy, like it's like, say this, like the Arcus, he's trying to get back with some girl or something like that. Right. And he sees that it's like, she's with some other guy. And then it's just a shot of his face, like just being kind of devastated. And then you cut to like, just straight up, like to the one true God, yes. like as the credits are going, would be fantastic. But we're going to take a break and listen to the end of radio, which I feel we can play because of this whole context. Uh, yeah. A lot of okay. commentary. Yep. And we we've, and we've contacted we'll with Albini talk about before. It when we come back. Albini thought we, he, he, wanted to, he wanted to be on the Chicago Journal Radio. It, that, is, that is true. All right. This is off of excellent Italian Greyhound, an amazing album. this thing on can you hear me now at sea anyone within the sound of my voice I've got 50,000 watts of
to my top ten. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. There is no special girl! It's the... It's the end of radio! The last announcer plays the last record! The last what? Leaves the transmitter! Circles the globe in search of a listener. Can you hear me now? if there's no one there to receive. It's the end of radio. As we come to the close of our broadcast day,
That's what we in the biz like to call a bathroom song. Has <laughs> 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 a woman Jack talking. Uh, uh, so, uh, Mike, yes. when you envision that scene, did you envision that song, or did you? Was it a process of discovery? Cash, that's a fucking great question. Uh, okay, let's cut that commentary. out. Oh. Cut, the, cut oh, that I'm part sorry. out. Let me, uh, hold on. Uh, okay. Let me write down and the time we'll code. Get the time code. Uh, All right. So, Mark, when you do looky the, the writing of the, the stuff and like the songy, was that all the time or forever? Did you the combining of? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we but, got that clean. I mean, we got both. that clean. Okay, we're good. You guys understand this world better than me, but I like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll buy it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, do I? You went. I went. The bit went too far away from Cash's question. Yeah. So, did, did you did you have that song? I mean, it sounded like. Putting that song in something yeah. meant a lot to you, but did it happen after the scene was written, or was it in pu- putting this? The, the did you typey typey before you see? Oh, no, <laughs> you're gonna do it again. Uh, yes, it, it was. Um, I um, usually write with um, music in my headphones, mm-hmm. and um, I'll start to get playlists for each project. And so, AP Bio had a playlist on my iTunes and my iPod. Uh, for a while, iPod. What are you, baby driver? I am, <laughs> and I am so frustrated by John Hamm. <laughs> uh, but um, he was just hanging out in Atlanta. Did a lot of stuff. <laughs> but uh, so so that was sometimes a thing. And and I had an early note that um, we as a writers' room didn't work backwards from. But I had in the back of my mind that was a scrawl. A side note that was like end of radio would be like a great um rock bottom song for a character that that like gunk gunk would be like a really interesting cool thing to just see the character um with when all the shit hits the fan and the idea that it actually happened is kind of insane because yeah. it's usually more that just keeps inspiring the writing yeah. that you're you'll keep listening to like and this is the falling in love song for them they're like a weird quirky falling in love song like this or that um and this was like this is the kind of like rock bottom type song for him i feel like and then when it got time and i was like let's literally go for this song um the editor and and people some people were like this is amazing uh-huh. who are these guys oh, and it was that's really cool. really that's fun that's really yeah. fun and i, w- I want to know this like um, you were a performer you were like you said you were doing eight shows a week um, and then you got a and then on snl did you audition and yes. then get a writing job yes so you came in what were what were your impressions um, i auditioned twice once in 2000 Five and once in 2009 i think in 05 i did foxworthy and in 09 i did um uh um what's his name colombo um peter falk peter, peter falk. falk thank you <laughs> yeah. wait a minute but you, ha- you have to have like three yeah no you don't have to do anything i mean you do but that's I can't. what i was told yeah i know Ayala i was Cohen. told that she's too like, she's like you got to have three impressions did or- you audition for us now I, I sent times. in I sent in a tape a couple a two two years in a row two years in a row. you know what yeah. I did I saw it no you didn't <laughs> and it was funny man yeah did you like my Obama 
Well, that was the problem. You don't, you don't have to do three if you're going like blackface. You should do two. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I was just taking my cues from Fred Armisen. <laughs> thank you. Um, Polynesian, I think, part or something. Um, he, he's got like <laughs> so Portuguese, many. Portuguese, so I got yeah. yeah. He, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I, I did three characters in one impression. I thought I gambled on the fact that maybe um, brevity... Um, they would they would reward that over being like I feel like that Chicago guy should do more impressions for us. But so um, you did one impression, but you did characters mainly three characters. I didn't even do many of yeah. God damn, maybe I shouldn't have stressed about it's the it numbers. Also, yeah, mine also wasn't like good. <laughs> I don't know how like it just they just were like all right fine. <laughs> that guy. My mom kept uh, calling them or whatever. I don't know. How it, well, I, I, I like I sent them like a like a ton of stuff, and then they're like, it's like they're like, it's like this is really good. Can he send more? And I was just like, I just bled for them. <laughs> if I could teach the world one thing, it'd be don't care about SNL. That and, you could you can only say that. And but that's what sucks is that I was that guy in Chicago. I got flown out. I auditioned in 2005. They went with Sandberg. He's funny, great. Um, but I you went would back say to, you would say Sandberg was your replacement and not like uh, Bill. I think Bill was that same year, but it, Bill was the same year. Yeah, but yeah. Bill had nine thousand impressions. Yeah, well, but, no, he didn't. He don't. He he only had them because of that bit he made with the Italian waiter that he did at M Bar that one time. Yeah. He specifically made impressions. He did four. You guys talking Murray, right? Yes. Um, but like, but also that year, James Adomian, Derek Waters. Wow, that was that same year. Our, Eric Moneypenny. I, I right after me in that audition was Yorma Tokones, and uh, you know all the Lonely Island were auditioning. But I think that they'll do like two in a summer, and I think Hater must have been in a different one because oh, okay. he wasn't there. But. Um, but I went back to Chicago, and I was like, you know what? Um, that was very cool and exciting, and I'm kind of glad, and and let's like make real comedy. And what is our obsession? Like, it, it, The problem with SNL is that it makes people um, the goal obsessed, uh, the end mm-hmm. obsessed, as opposed to the process. I'm not wording this well, but when you're obsessed with the process... And really enjoying that, then good things. Ha- and that's what I became obsessed with. And I just started making this one-man show. And bits from that landed me as an SNL writer. Crazy. But I was like, I, but that's not the point. And okay, cool, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely take it. There's something about the way that that show works where it is such a sprint every week. At least from the outside, it seems like that. It's like you go in, you write all night. Then you read, you do it with the, then you read for the guest, uh, with we, the guest, you do all the, all the changes and then Saturday you do all the, the dress, you do the show and then it's over and there's a big party, you sleep and then you come back and you do it all over again. That's not a, con- that's not a process that you can really kind of embrace. No. Because you're just stressed. Uh, it seems like you would just be stressed all the time. But you, like you went out, you like, it's like you came back from that going like, it's like you started questioning like the drive of the idea of of SNL, and you're like, it's like, you know, we should just be doing this because this is good, and like, there's pe- there's real people coming to these shows and laughing. We should just be yeah. providing this service. Yes, and and Second City Main Stage was the more immediate version of that people are obsessed with that in Chicago. There's six spots on Second City Main Stage. There's 
at all times, 2,000 funny people doing comedy in Chicago, at least when I was there. Now I think they move out quickly or something, but hopefully not. At every like back of a bar, side theater, yeah. is like way funnier stuff. Night to night, they can beat main stage in funniness. Mm-hmm. And night to night, you know, uh, what is it? Keen Peel, Amy Schumer, whatever it is nowadays, can be SNL. Like, yeah. And yet you hold reverence for things because they've been around 40 or 50 years and because yeah. names like Bill Murray... But, like, Bill Murray wasn't joining an institution, you know? Yeah. And there's something about that that now all my preaching about this, and I was teaching classes and I would talk about this all the time. (laughs) And I always said, like, and by the way, if you get those jobs, go and do them and get paid and and, and get, like, out of that, like, eight-person apartment that you're in for a year or two and and get notoriety to go back to doing, like, the weird cable whatever cool thing is. Um, and not that those places are fully uncool because people like Fred and everyone make those places still legit to these days. But yeah, Fred that, like but, was the one thing that I was like, I was like, oh, there's there's something still kind of interesting about it. Still, he made it fully cool still when I was like in Chicago. But well, also that 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 punk rock sketch. The um, yeah, uh, I'm trying, well, I have the seven inch. The, 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 the punk band. reunion? Yeah, it's like uh, a dad band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, that and, um, and the documentary History of Punk that basically launched Doc Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Like, where they're, yeah. yeah, when he was talking about uh, Maggie. Oh, Maggie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, so, like, keeping those places in in their place and, and like, not being obsessed because it, it's frustrating when I talk to people. They're still... It's still the most shiny thing around my life and everything, and I'm fully moved on and in a different place and i love all my friends from it but i don't care about the institution of snl that's still a dorky ass like whack ass show it for is it is a really nerdy thing to be like but snl and you know it's 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 so funny because even like like Marin still obsesses over it yeah. totally he still brings it up but like you became a writer on it and then you became a performer on it for a season yeah featured player like what's the like yeah and like, uh, were you expecting that, or were you hoping for that? I'd because stopped you hoping for like, it. By you the like time. performing, yes. Eight shows a week. You don't do that just to do it, right? And at the end of probably my first, both my first two seasons of writing, I had like a late night meeting with Lauren. Each of them, like a wrap up, and he was very kind about all that. And um, and by the way, all my ripping on it, I I have no beefs with Lauren. I, I really genuinely have a love for him and, and everything I, i'm ripping is on. ap bio a broadway video production it is oh yeah. oh. <laughs> oh got it sure yeah yeah <laughs> by the way do you think they can pull the plug on me yeah <laughs> at this point i'm paying broadway but um <laughs> mad love to them and they support me and blah blah blah. but yeah i wasn't saying that like they can't cancel me nbc yeah, yeah. can cancel yeah me. yeah um but but yeah um Lauren was uh, always great about meeting, even with new writers. And I was always like, hey, I just wanted to take this meeting and say, I just really want to be in the SNL cast. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I know. And uh, <laughs> um, then uh, I'd, I'd kind of stopped doing those meetings and given up on them. And then all of a sudden I was in the cast. There's just like a wave of dudes who left. Yeah. And there was no dude openings. It was a, it was it filled with hilarious, great dudes when I came. And 
and they all left and they brought in a whole bunch of us and the internet was like oh so many white dudes and i was like i've seen how this place works he grabbed five of us because two are going to survive. Yeah. So just hold on for a minute. The ratio <laughs> of the show is not shifting as much as it seems. And sure enough, uh, many of us got let go pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was like you and Tim were examples of like seeing people where I had seen some of their other stuff. I mean, it was like, ah, they're not being used as good as they can be. Yeah. And, and I have no anger about it like it is about adjusting your mind to like why would that be the one comedy venue i think this like explosion of like internet and cable comedy is so healthy because we should all have voices do you think joe para would be great in uh uh snl monologue where he has to sing and dance to support like there's certain performers yeah that are built for that like taron killam is both like fun and weird, but can also literally sing and dance, but can do yeah. some impressions, but can play a game show host. Like he's built for the show. Like Taron was built for the show. I'm, and he's Bill spent Hader a lot of time. Yeah. And Jason yeah. Sudeikis and all these guys are built for the show. And then I was hoping to be like one of those guys that skates by not quite right for the show. And like the, the does, Armisen and the, yeah, even no, Armisen's, Armisen's even more like perfect for the show. A Forte but, maybe. Oh, like, Forte. Yeah, that's um, good. Um, and he, I mean, but after enough years, also, you get good at the other things you need to do yeah. for the show. And Forte certainly did that and could sing and everything. But um, so I feel like any comparison I would make would sound like an insult. But I wanted to be one of those. And um, and at some point, you're like, why Why am I constantly trying to force a round peg into a into square or a square, or square peg? Square peg. Square Whatever the hole is, so picture the, the hole. opposite. The hole, the hole's a tri- triangle. <laughs> well, if it was a round peg, it would be a dowel, and they just say trying to put a dowel in. What's the, the Allen wrench shape? What's that called? Hexa hexagon. Hexagon. Hex, hex tool. So he, hex tool. So six sides. If you were okay, I construct drama for a living. <laughs> Sometimes you There's, can touch Neil's <laughs> iPad and it says stuff. <laughs> I'm going to play a a crazy slash fascinating thing. Um, We all know the Crunch Kings beach hot dog. (laughs) We all being like five people. This is like, here's the thing. You and Tim did a thing that like hit me like right. It was like, I'm the the middle of the Venn diagram for this stuff, which is you did a, a parody of an isolated track, which is like we we played the thing that Mike Henry did a while back, which was um, the Dave's like the yeah, Dave's, Dave's I, I know, which was um, which was the uh, was it Smash, Smash Mouth, Mouth and, and David Lee Roth and David Lee Roth talking to each other isolated tracks. That's amazing because those are the two that Tim Robinson and I were aware of <laughs> yeah. when we made this one. I've never heard them together. That's great. Yeah, our friend uh, like uh, Mike Henry did a thing where it's like. Uh, he just it's like it stays like these woo like that whole thing. So you did this and it's just like it's also I love making fun of Smash Mouth. I got a Smash Mouth joke into uh Mystery Science Theater this season where there was like um a shocked guy with like a soul patch and sunglasses and a bowling shirt, like on a beach, Whoa. like standing up really fast and like um it's one of the new newer movies we're doing and like uh it's like there's enough time in the shot for me to just go, somebody 
once and that's it. <laughs> and so someone gets it, I'm excited as fuck. Yeah. And I mean, but that's always the thing with any like MST joke. It's like you're gonna throw out a reference. It's always for if it's it's for this this and there's so many jokes, so you can kinda Yep. You know you never have to go, Will anyone get that? You're like, some people will. It's okay. It moves on literally yes. in a second. Yes. And it's the best joke writing show I've ever been on. Like, and I've been on like a ton of shows where you just like, where are the jokes? Where are the jokes? Like this one's like, it doesn't matter. There's hundreds. It's so great. And, and that you're like half watching the movie. I mean, I also, along with loving the reboot, I grew up on the original the one. Same. Me and my sister Megan would, would watch and die laughing. But I'm, I'm sure there were like 10 jokes each movie that like, fully went over our heads or tons and you don't care you're like the dinosaur is still attacking and you're kind of half watching that and waiting for one you yeah can, yeah uh, and you kind of yeah. and then that's what's it's like the most relaxed yeah comedy show or it's just, uh you it also wanna, wears you down it like, does yeah like the callbacks and stuff you start giggling more it's yeah and we have some great uh, we have, like that was the thing with the, the, this season where we we're doing a lot more room stuff so there's a lot more of that like the dumb, like the dumb thing, uh, like a group focuses in on, like early on in the movie, and then just keeps on like mm-hmm. making fun of throughout. Uh, but anyway, this is um, this is an exclusive track. This is Crunch Kings, which, yes. as we all know, are it's like the like when it comes to beach bands. <laughs> <laughs> there's the Crunch Kings, and there's everyone else. Yes, and this is uh, this is their. Um, like isolated track from their hit song. Beach. Yeah, this was yeah, this was our our audio and the, there's rocking guitars and drums, but this was not that. This was just our mics for our audio. And I'm seeing I might be the only comment on your post of this. I, uh, I it just says the, California's got sunshine. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this is uh, the, no, you don't have to do an applause on this one because I think it's real quick. It doesn't. When you're ready. Top down. Arm up. <laughs> Girls know. <laughs> What's up? Gun eat it, gun eat it, gun eat it. Beach hot dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sand in my shoes. Woo! When you're ready. Top down. <laughs> Arm up. No, I think it's looping. This, this is not. That's a glitch. Girls know. <laughs> it's supposed to start What's up? That Cecily. Gonna eat it, gonna eat it, gonna eat it. Beach hot dog. <laughs> Yeah. Sand in my shoes. <laughs> when you're ready. I mean, that's a weird looping 20 second version. <laughs> yeah, that's what's on your thing. Was that Instagram? That was on Instagram. You can go and do the thing. Well, doesn't oh. that just loop on its own? Oh, did it cut me off? Cut us off or something? I mean, Maybe. there's a bunch of stuff, you know. Found a million dollars on the beach or something like because the the uh, Smash Mouth song, which then they didn't release to anyone, is like insane. And I think it's about a guy who like you win a million dollars. Yeah, you in get the whole a brand world, new band, and you're like, what? 
This is it. This is roll it. Roll it. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> California got sunshine. Hanging out with your friends. Setting up for a good time. Just want a million, so you drive the brand new bands. It's days like these you really want to have now. That's what I'm talking about. And don't you know it's days like these that make you want to chill, enjoy the ride. It's days like these that let you get your groove on. Nothing goes wrong. Everything's all right. Now when you deliver like a winner every single time. That's such a... Have it all if you want it. Take a shit in a bucket. Uh, this like It seems, when you hear it like that, yeah. I was expecting a bigger reaction than that. There's the, like just the thing of just like it's it's like a, you you imagine this is what that guy does when he's looking in the mirror in the morning. Yeah, let's say it's like get out. The, all right, I'm ready. Uh huh. California's got sunshine. It it's also like anytime California got sunshine. <laughs> oh yes. Oh wow. Hanging out with your friends. Yeah yeah. Setting up for a good time. (laughs) Just want a million, so you drive the brand new bands. It stays like these. There's probably no song played more on this podcast (laughs) than that. It's it's like uh, any any like sincere music, like exposed lyrics without uh, the music is gonna sound so bad. But (laughs) that like really is is rough and it's then the, real rough. the flip side is that david lee roth's filler stuff really helps everything yeah yeah One time i was like as i'm sure all four of us were in like a basement like kind of band situation mm-hmm. when i was in high school with some guys who really knew how to play and everything and they were like you don't know how to play anything but you seem kind of funny mm-hmm. can you like kind of yell stuff and be like our lead man for a couple weeks and one of the guys, they were really the these guys were all obsessed with the cult. Oh wow! And uh, the one, the main guitar guy, Trevor Kleppner, pulled me aside and was like, "You know, I think everything's great and it's funny how you're like improvising and riffing these dumb uh, lyrics and everything, but you got to fill the between the lyric stuff with stuff." And I was like, "Well, what?" And he's like, "You know, it's like, hey, baby, and stuff." And I was like, "That feels crazy. I don't think that's something I can naturally pull off at all." And David Lee Roth, like from the beginning, was like, "It's going to be all about what's in between the lines. That's where everything's going to come out." It's like, oh god, that would be the best name for an album. It's like, hey, baby, and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that all that stuff came from an app, right? Wasn't it? Wasn't didn't we used to have a David Lee Roth app? We did. No, I mean you're thinking about all those like those prank phone calls and because no, I, no, I no, no, no. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. The, in your microphone. What happened? Oh boy, I should uh, use the microphone. We're gonna take a break. Uh, we're gonna play another Aaron Beckham song. This guy is a great director and musician. By the name of Aaron Beckham. This is off his album Classic Bad Times. This is a song, Airport Cemetery Blues. Go to the bathroom, Mike.
airport There's a plot that I picked out for me Won't you bury me there So I could stare at the planes flying over me Out at the cemetery near the airport Just watching the jets fly by Thinking about living and dying and flying Up into the clear blue sky With the folks on business or on vacation Headed to exotic lands Looking for adventure or relaxation Or maybe just to clean their hands But there's so many places I'd like to go Just to see with my own two eyes But I watch a plane zoom as I sit on some tune John Roderick of America. I know that guy. He also made the theme song for My Brother, My Brother and Me. And you've teamed up with uh, your friend Adam and a uh, guy you also know, Ben Harrison. Hey, you're my friend. Uh, and we make a uh, war movie podcast called Friendly Fire. Now, you may be turned off by the premise right then and there, but you would be wrong. <laughs> well, it's because it's about so much more than war or war films. War movies are also a great window into filmmaking and the way our culture thinks of itself and other cultures think of themselves. So listen to Friendly Fire on MaximumFun.org every Friday or get it wherever you get This is what I don't like. This is what I don't like. (laughs) Pete Davidson, Marion Ariana Grande, who I don't know who that is. I think she's a singer. But uh, it's more about, uh, what's what's his name? Uh, Colin Jost with, with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. yeah, and it's just one of those things where that's maybe why I'm upset that I never got on SNL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shout out to your wife. <laughs> I'm talking about if I. Oh, you're right. We were together when I was auditioning for SNL. So yeah. hey, hey. living in a house together. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. 
Like, De- Deanna's one of those girls that'd be like, go out there, get you some strange. Nah. Um, this is, uh... If you want to help me out, introduce me to a girl! <laughs> like how Neil's, like, the... Coming in with the fucking moral... <laughs> like, uh, yeah. uh, what about your wife? Yeah, I, this but... is locker room talk, Neil. <laughs> yeah. This whole show is just talking about grabbing pussies. Um, what the fuck? It's a locker room. Like fucking like, <laughs> like how to clean our lockers and keep it organized and make sure it's someone who needs the whirlpool. Foot tips you know, and locker stuff. room talk. Like, where is my locker? Your locker <laughs> is number 12. <laughs> is this the song, the granddaddy song? AM 180 is the one I know. Thank you. There we go. This one? It's not so informal. Yeah, this one. That's the one from uh, 20 Days Later. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm mainstream. No, it's when they go shopping. I like that. Yeah, it's a great song. They're a great band. Grandfather. I'm not so... (laughs) <laughs> Who are they marrying? You know? um, so you uh, did you, you were you in punk bands when you were uh, you were going to punk shows? But were you? I had a in my college house of dummy guys. We had college. A, is that a weird way of saying you were in a frat? No, I, we hated frats because uh, our friend Dave Clock, who is from the Detroit area, mm-hmm. uh, he was in a frat. In Michigan, but it was like a it was a metal frat. Oh wow! Yeah, I don't think it was like a sanctioned frat. No, it was really. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like he's, he's like I was in an actual frat, but it was like like full of metalheads. That's <laughs> very cool. There was a um, a dorm that had a music venue in the basement of it that supposedly Gigi Allen had played back in the day and thrown shit on a girl who had like you know come down in her PJs to be like who's the live band tonight? I, that's the story. <laughs> Like ten years, twenty years later, but um, no, we were similarly like, and and all of our judgment about frats, we probably also were it. But in my mind, we were like inclusive and kind and weird, and while all white dudes, like, uh, white dudes, yes, with yeah. no exception and no. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, there was a drum set and a guitar, and uh, I bought a mic and an amp. Uh, and so we, at our parties for a while, we're doing like a seven song set and we would do jawbreaker, which is, I know is your nice. shit. I love it. You didn't go to the shows. Uh, yeah, no, I, I won't see them because I just got married to my version of a lot of these songs. <laughs> I wasn't able to, but, uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, we had two originals. We were called the real neats, uh, <laughs> With Good a Z. Name. Was that takeoff of like the really nice guys from uh, SCTV? No, it was actually a line from a porn we had rented on VHS for real. <laughs> uh, this girl was. The line like, was, it's real. Oh, I'm sorry. Mad at a guy. She was like, um, um, you know, you were flirting with that other girl down by the pool. It was like you had to watch. We This was the 1800s. We had to watch the whole film <laughs> as a group of eight of us around the TV. Yeah. And you were kind of just trying to clock some of the sexy moments You're for later. You were just trying to, like, hold on to things in your head. Yeah. yeah. There was no, like, action at the time. You, at, the, at the time, you just had to be, like, laughing about, <laughs> so dumb. So weird. Yeah. And uh, during one of the scenes, she was jealous of someone else. And she was like, what was... 
that girl you were talking to that girl by the pool and he's like uh, clearly like a, a foreign eastern european guy of some kind he was like uh she was showing me her tattoos you know it was real neat and we would say that to each other all the time so we were the real neats and um <laughs> uh that's i had a band in high school where it's like we were the, we were called the year outs because we were making fun of like uh, a friend we had that was like had another band he's, he's like you know you know, Alika's not showing up for practice on time. So it's like, you know, if you're not here, you're out. That's it. You're out. It's just like, it's like, if you're not playing these songs, you're out. You're just, you're, you're out. And like, so we're like, we're, we're going to start a band called the You're Outs. I love it. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. So that was like uh, five parties. We did that and people would kind of mosh and it was, it was fun. And then a couple of the guys that lived in the house, but were not in the band came to us and were like, you know, girls all leave when you guys play. No! <laughs> and we were like, yeah, man, because we're fucking pumped. <laughs> and they're like, but why we buy the kegs and we yeah. chip in for them and help clean up the next day and everything is sometimes to talk to some girls and stuff. And we had like one or two final parties before we graduated where the real needs didn't play and they were the most successful <laughs> why didn't we do this all the time yeah yeah so, but did you like you guys never thought about playing outside the frat you, there was you didn't think about it going. wasn't a frat man we hated <laughs> outside the house no we couldn't have i i would definitely have been holding us back in that way i i don't know how good friend bill were at guitar and drums in hindsight but I, I I'm like tone deaf and stuff. Not, even my yelling isn't quite right. Yeah, it, it would only be fun for like these 25 minute shows in a living room where people are probably half laughing at. But I I feel like I probably got too into it. I was like shirtless <laughs> and like really like and the fact that we were doing like because we for mostly we were doing punk versions of like Mbop and uh, Semi Charm Life and like yeah. we were that like ironic but. Um, and we thought that was really funny but then by the time you're doing like Jawbreaker and we did like a Misfit song and stuff we you're like now we, yeah. we drank our own Kool-Aid yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's fucking yeah it's uh, it's so odd to think like uh, it's when I first started doing comedy there was no one really like it's like Neil and Cash are the only guys that like listened to punk that like I had met in comedy and I thought everyone would. I thought everyone was going to be like as alternative as David Cross seemed to be. Right. <laughs> Is David Cross, have you ever, has he been on the show or anything? Is he even as punk literate as you, we would all hope? Well, it's just, I think it's of the time. He was alternative at the yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. He, he's indie, indie rock literate. He's indie rock literate. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, cause I, I worked with uh, his childhood friend, uh, comedy writer guy, Mark Rivers and, yeah, it's just like there's like of the time they're like, yeah, you know, like punk stuff, like indie punk stuff, like REM and the B 52s. And like, right, and I go, oh, well, you Dave guys kept up a lot, Dave better. kept up a lot, yeah, because like, he was considered real hip, though, yeah, like he was psyched to interview Kathleen Hanna, yeah, that was always a funny thing to me is like, um, determining where that line is, where indie is really cool. And I feel like at some point I realized it was just a grown-up high school. Yeah. Yeah. And like some of these like get cr- cool cred. You're like, I've heard that band. A band like the B-52s or something who seem great, you know. But you're like, well, that doesn't seem like 
as raw and like angry as what I'm I'm looking for as like an angsty like 16 year old. Uh, but later on, someone's like, "But they're in the in the club," and your other example is the wackest thing ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, what a weird... And it, genuinely, you find out, it comes down to, like, they toured with these other ones, and yeah. for some reason, they're cool, even though they sound like doobie-doobie-doobs. And, yeah, know, well, like, it's like, it's, you know, um, Minutemen and B-52s, it's like, it's like they didn't necessarily sound... Like, it's like, you know, Minutemen went on tour and was on the label, same label as Black Flag. It's like they don't have anything in common. No, other than that they were both playing instruments. Yeah. It's really. And that's it, what I always liked about MySpace music, where yeah. it's like the top eight was it wasn't an algorithm saying like, oh, loud guitars and this and that. Right. It was like it's like this band kinda like it's like we like these bands, and so they're in our top eight. Yeah. And then you go, Oh, well shit. Like it's like I'm gonna check out those because they like those and it's not it's more of an intent. Well that and that is was a interesting tricky thing with choosing ap bio music so when we weren't doing straight up early 80s um punk which was like the original like thought was that we would lean towards that but there you can't always do that um there was like a general rule in my mind that they should seem like the grandchildren of that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then it gets really tricky. You're like, so in, and I was probably just as uh, guilty as I'm accusing other people of, but I was like, I think, you know, Grizzly Bear. Yeah. They, they're cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're from the right lineage of cool. So they go with AP Bio's cool factor. And these other guys, that fuck, that's not the Ramones, and then them. But I was fine with like, you know, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's just the, some kind of like weird. Yeah, it's yeah. It, well, it's almost like booking a show yeah. in, in a in a certain way, where it's like, oh no, those guys wouldn't play together. Right. The the the, the like that band can't open for that band, so yeah. they're they're not gonna they're not gonna do that. They're not yeah. gonna play my show. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, well, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. We thanks really for having me. It. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. We, and uh, thank you for discussing shellacs, the end of radio in such a interesting way and commenting on it legal, in legal, such legal, a legal. great yes, yeah. Comment, way that we yeah. really, it was imperative that we, we play it. Absolutely. That's very true. And also, we're going to make money off of this. So thanks, Shellac. Yeah. Did I just ruin the thing? <laughs> a little bit. Did I ruin the thing that happened? Did I? Did I? Uh, so, uh, Neil? What? We're wrapping up the show. When? Just close close to it. Yeah, Brent. Such a pleasure to have Mike O'Brien on the show. Be sure to check out AP Bio, who will have a second season... Starting when? The Airing fall? in January. Oh, in January. When do yeah. you have you have you already started writing? Uh, I have, but the <laughs> writers' room doesn't start for a couple months. Yeah, it's a mid-season. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, check out my friend and AP Bio writer Asim Batra's show. I feel bad in the fall, and then check us out in January. Well, shit. And then also like try and find uh, Seven Minutes in Heaven. Uh, with Michael Bryan. If online. I can find it, I'll link it. To, link yeah, it. it's fucking great. YouTube, man. I think YouTube, man. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, people can find you, Michael Bryan. This is me gesturing. I'm not trying to shake your hand. I don't want to touch we, you. We, uh, <laughs> this is uh, Michael Bryan. One, two, three, four, five. 
One, two, three, four. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. On Instagram, you're talking about? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and check out my puppy's Instagram, Murphy O'Brien the dog. Please. So what's the what's who? When'd you get a puppy? And two when, weeks ago. And it bit you in the fucking face. It bit my mouth so hard last night. I had blood all over my chin and my hands. Oh, what Honestly, kind of puppy? Uh, I don't know. Mean. <laughs> <laughs> the type you don't bring home to mom and dad. <laughs> One of those puppies that seems a bit dangerous. Oh I, God, I adopted it because it had a leather jacket. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, uh, we're going to end out this with a uh, old song from The Gain. I've recently become acquaintances with them, and they said it was okay to play it. This is uh, Tim Said, Tim Said by The Gain. Thank you so much for listening, and sorry for the first episode. Be sure to check out all the bands you like. We can link to them. And if you want to hear your songs on Jonah Radio, email them to jonahradio, R-A-Y-D-I-O, at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight. Tim said, it's not a look apart, but it's cool as a tradition. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.